p.m. this afternoon. It is time for our annual MLB season predictions. We do this every single year, and as I've stated earlier, um, we are usually way off, and that's what makes it fun and entertaining because at the end of every year, we kind of look back on this, and I'll occasionally go back and pull the audio and see how far off I was on certain things. I think last year I said Bryce Harper would win NL MVP, and he had a terrible year. Yeah, you just never so, know. Yeah, it's, that's what makes it fun, though. Yeah, that, I mean, predictions, they are what they are for a reason. You just don't know what's going to happen, so you're just taking a – Educated guess, I guess you could say, even though sometimes they're stupid. Um, but you can most certainly figure it out yourselves along the way, um, especially if somebody gets injured or if a team you know slumps. I mean, you look at the Astros last year; we, we didn't, weren't expecting that out of them. Um, but I mean, it, it happens. Expect Dallas Keuchel to suck as much as he did. I know he was like a Cy Young candidate. So. Didn't he win a Cy Young the year before, or he was yes. a candidate for it? No, he won. I, did, he did he win? win? I don't know. He, at 2015, I think. Uh, I believe I think he won. won. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's go around the room. We'll just go uh, myself, Dave, Mark, and then Brian will end with you. Uh, let's start off with the 2017 AL East standings. I think the Red Sox are going to win the division, 97 wins. I think the Blue Jays will finish second and secure one of the wild card spots. Then the Yankees, Orioles, and Rays will round out the bottom three from there. Who's with me? I pretty much have the same thing. Um, Red Sox are going to finish first in the AL East. I don't think 97 wins, though. I do. I don't know if that's necessarily realistic. Uh, dot. I still have a few questions about this Red Sox team, so <laughs> I'm going to go 93 wins. Not too much less. It's still good enough to win the AL East, I think. Toronto's going to be in second. I think they'll be there right till the end like they were uh, sort of last year. So the Red Sox finally pulled away. And then uh, I think Baltimore's the third best team in the division. The Yankees uh, mm. short up their pitching a little bit, but they'll be the fourth best team. When CC Sabathia is your number two, that's not shoring up pitching. pitching. <laughs> I said a bit. Uh, well, how, what are they shaping up with? There's nothing they, in there. Didn't they just acquire a closer? Araldis Chapman. Oh, good job. Yeah. They, they got that, him back from the They got the him back. <laughs> He's going to have to become up, a starter. Up their pitching a <laughs> little. That was brilliant by Dude, Cashman, Dude, I have them though. fourth in the AL East. I know, I know. That but you said they're in the right no, spot. That was great by that's, Cashman that's trading him away Tampa and then Bay's getting him out. I have the exact team. same yeah. standings as you. Okay, so what are we arguing about? <laughs> uh, we're arguing about their, their pitching staff. Their pitching staff is a bunch of garbage. They shorted up enough to come in fourth place in the AL East. I do have the Red Sox winning 97 wins. Um, Blue Jays, Orioles, and um, Yankees race. I have the exact same as Mark. So you have and the Dave. Yankees. Both of you, Brian and Mark, have the Yankees fourth. Yes. But that uh, being said, Orioles third. I I do have the Yankees winning like eighty to eighty-five games. I have I seventy-five. Still I still think that's a little high for the Yankees. Uh, so you think they the Orioles are going to win less than that? Yeah, because you have the Orioles fourth and yours. They could be like ninety-ish. That's a good point. Never mind. Disregard my last statement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like it's just that that inner like Yankee hater in me just came out. No, the Yankees are going to finish third. They yeah, got young 85, core. Eighty-five sounds right. Gary Sanchez, man, that kid's a beast. Aaron Judge. We'll see. Judge. Uh, let's see. They've got a couple other young players whose names they have are escaping. Torres, me who's a shortstop, who's not on the team, but he will be from the Chicago Cubs trade, right? Maybe. And I Brett Gardner. I mean, he's Chicago. the old guy on the roster, but he had a good year last year. Yeah. So I think yeah, he's, but he's injury prone as is. as is Jacoby. They start on Castro too. Sucks. Yeah, right. Castro's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Why did the bed end? It, it, it will loop around. Oh, okay. Sorry, I get a little paranoid about these <laughs> things. There it is. <laughs> okay, so is that all of us for AL East order? Okay. Uh, I didn't say a win total for the Red Sox. Go ahead. Ninety-five. Okay, fair enough. Sure. All right, let's go with AL and NL Manager of the Year. Um, I think it's going to be AJ uh, AJ Hinch of the Astros. Now I was leaning towards Tito. But he won the award last year, so it's tough to win it back-to-back seasons. They just don't do that. The BBWAA doesn't like giving the, the award to the same guy back-to-back seasons. So I'm going to go with A.J. Hinch. Uh, the AL West, it stinks, guys. And I think the Astros are a team that can take advantage of that, given their young core, with guys like Carlos Correa, George Springer, Jose Altuve, who's still kind of... Uh, Altuve's like 28 or yeah. something. He's still young. He's filthy, we think too. of him. We think of him as like sort of this wily vet. But he's still young, you know? He came into and, the league young. And uh, in the NL, I'm going with Bruce Bochy. The Giants are poised to have another big year. Just look at their rotation. It's not even fair. You've got Mad Bomb, Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja. How'd that, how that do last year? I, I think it'll be good this year. <laughs> all right? I think, hey, hey, it's called predictions for a reason, Brian. And Matt Moore, listen, this is sort of my dark horse. I still think that Matt Moore can be good. He was good with the Rays. I agree. He's 27 years he old. He was good, good down the stretch with uh, the Giants. 
Uh, and they just got Mark Melanson to be their closer. So Bruce Bochy in the NL for manager of the year. Wow. All right. Uh, so Bruce Bochy was high on my list for NL manager of the year. But I think Madden's going to win it because the Cubs are just going to dominate the NL in a way. I feel like there might be a World can't Series. can't even avoid so World voting for the guy as manager of the year. So it's so, drop off. So, well, look, uh, if you think that they'll be back, we're going to talk about that later. That's another story. But I think that they're going to be a regular season wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what people are going to talk about is, well, they won the World Series last year. Can they get back? I think they're going to be a wagon in the regular season, and the questions will come up again in the postseason as to whether or not they can repeat. Right. But I think Joe Madden is almost too much of a shoo-in, which is why I think that uh, – so, what's his name again? Um, uh, Bochi. Bochi of San Francisco will be a pretty decent runner-up there, if mm. not win the thing in the NL. Okay. Surprising pick, maybe, for the AL Manager of the Year. John Farrell? John Farrell. I was what? Th- that's what I was thinking. Now, look. <laughs> honestly, uh, how many times can we say that the he won last year for AL Manager no. of the Year? No, he shouldn't have. Terry Francona uh, should have won <laughs> he it won last easily. year. easily. Uh, so, how many times can you honestly say, though, that the person who wins Manager of the Year... Ends up being the best manager. Most of the time. I doubt it. Yeah. Because like generally it's more of a reflection of how good your team like is. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and, and they kind of like. That's nothing to do with I, your the BBWA, in-game managing. Exactly. The BBWA exactly. doesn't the really give it to the best right. manager. Right. The right. So I think that because this is a team that uh, two years ago was in last place. He yes. had a mm-hmm. chance to get into the conversation for AL Manager of the Year last year. Yeah. I think maybe now he gets a little more consideration because he didn't win last year. Mm-hmm. And I think the Red Sox are going to have a successful season and, and maybe one of the best teams in the AL. So yep. I think it's going to come down to Tito and John Farrell for AL Manager of the Year. I'll give it a Farrell because of the writers and their propensity not to vote for someone two years in a row. Yeah, for NL, I have Dave Roberts uh, for That's the LA Dodgers. He's on my he list. Won, he won it last year. So, again, going to the back-to-back year thing. Yeah, I, I mean, the Dodgers look pretty stacked. Um, so you, you think know, they always do. It, so you think he'll get it a second straight year? I think he will. I think you'll get it. Um, a short, um, you know, second, I would say, is uh, Toy Lovello. Oh, that's oh, that's no. who I was going with. I had him as a dark horse before I picked Bochi, but yeah. I just don't see Arizona him. Arizona Diamondbacks. In his first, You're in stealing his first, my Toy Lovello. In, in, my but bad. The, in his first year in Arizona, though, I, I don't think I say he's going to win it because that, that team is actually pretty sad. Yeah, it lo- looks pretty good yeah. on paper. Yeah. Um, AL, I have John Gibbons. And the reason why I have John Gibbons is when you get rid of a, a bat like Enwin Encarnacion, you do you do still have power in the bats, um, but I no you got no they still got Tula damn good Winsky, lineup. You got Donaldson, Donaldson you got Tulo, Joey Bats. Yeah, I mean you got some pretty good uh, bats in that order. Um, but the reason why is because I have the women ninety one wins, and I, I think um, you know when the expectations comes into this season, you know with losing some. I mean the pitching's okay. They have Aaron Sanchez. You know, Stroman. Stroman. Estrada. Decent bullpen. Not the best bullpen, but a decent bullpen. J A App. Or J App. J App. Yeah. I Sorry. think he exceeds expectations. Okay. Okay. By managing this team the right way. So that's why I'm going to go John Gibbons. You for and I AL. kind of had the same thought process because I was thinking John Gibbons would be sort of in the top three, and I also was thinking Tori Lavulo. Yeah. See, so, so yeah, I, I was thinking Lavello for the NL. For okay. AL, I was thinking John Farrell, mm. but then I was thinking. What team has you stole been? all of Brian's thunder? <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, you didn't steal it because th- there was another thought creeping in my head about the Angels. The Angels so have like so the Angels have been injury riddled the last few years. Uh, they have Shoemaker who's come out of the woodworks. They have Garrett Richards coming back, uh, and they still have Pujols. They still have Mike Trout. I think they could pull away with the NL, uh, the AL West, and be a team that will contend. So you think Soch? Yeah, I think Mike Sosha. He might be um, a a dark horse candidate to win this. Okay. And your NL? You said you were thinking Lovello. Oh, I'm doing Lovello. Oh, so you are going Lovello. That's That's confirmed. That's confirmed, yes. Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Moving on, we've got AL and NL Cy Young. In the AL, guys, I'm going with Chris Sale. I know the recent trend with new Red Sox offseason additions has been relatively underwhelming, especially given their first year with the team. But Chris Sale, this dude's a beast. I mean, he's finished top six in AL Cy Young voting. And never won. five straight seasons. He's never won it. And this might be the year. According to me, I think it is. You cannot ignore this guy's history with the AL East. I mean, he dominates this division. Did you see what he did against the Yankees in spring training? 
Yeah, he and that lit was, him up, I take it? Uh, yes, he had <laughs> 10 <laughs> strikeouts. 10 strikeouts, yeah. 10 strikeouts, and that was against yep. their actual lineup. Yep. Yeah. So he, yeah. Do, he dominates the AL East. <laughs> One of the I think real preseason yes. uh, That'll give him the numbers he needs to win the 2017 AL Cy Young. And in the NL, I'm going with Kyle Hendricks uh, from the Chicago Cubs. This kid was unreal Dark last horse. year. 16-8 with a 2-1-3 ERA. And I think the only reason he lost to Max Scherzer was because he pitched uh, 38 fewer innings. I believe it was about that much. And he had 100 fewer strikeouts. But if he can improve in those two categories, especially given that Max Scherzer's still not 100%, I think he can make up that ground. And I think he should have won it last year, but the win total was just a little bit low at 16. Low. Yeah. The strikeout total was a little low. I think it was like around 170. Usually you need to be in like the you know 230 range or higher. And uh, the innings were low. But otherwise, I think this kid's an absolute stud. And you add to the fact that the Cubs have their ace in John Lester. They have Jake Arrieta as their sort of 1A. So when you don't have that pressure to be the ace, it kind of helps you, doesn't it? It does. So that's why I'm going with Kyle Hendricks. Uh, yeah, AL Cy Young, I also have Chris Sale. Me too. So I think it's a good choice, honestly. I do have a dark horse candidate, too. I, it's not me uh, just wanting to pick a guy who the Red Sox acquired this offseason who we hope is going to be the ace. No, I, he's just the best pitcher in the I AL. I believe this guy is at least one of the best pitchers in the AL, and I think in this market he's going to thrive. I think he's finally in a place... That suits him. I, he wasn't working in Chicago, right? Because they didn't have Stinky a team. winning mentality. They yeah. had a they had a crap team. He hated the GM. And he, he hated the he uniforms. Didn't play there, you know. So I think that this is <laughs> this is a city that can match the intensity of what Chris Sale brings to the table. I think it's a good fit for him. So I expect him to really now without David Price. I I only think he's going to clamp down even help more. Yeah. Help I think it'll only give him more motivation yeah. to step up and pitch even better. Now, uh, granted, that arm looks like an injury waiting to happen. The way he delivers the, but that, the ball. But I mean, Randy Johnson pitched basically I know. the same way. He, hey, look, his track record shows he doesn't get injured. It's just a scary uh, proposition if if that guy goes down. Forget Agreed. About it. If he's healthy all year, Chris Sale is my AL uh, Cy Young. And in the NL, uh, who else? It's uh, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. It's Clayton Kershaw. That's the safe pick. Y- yeah, you can go anywhere else you want and say that it's, uh, you know, this is this guy's going to step up this year and have this sort of... Clayton Kershaw is uh, a model of consistency in the NL. And the Dodgers are a good team. They're going to get their wins. They're going to be in the, the postseason. Clayton Kershaw is the guy in the NL. Arguably. And if I was going to give it to anyone else, I- I'd like to think it could be Madison Bumgarner for a mm-hmm. change. Maybe he has a stronger regular season. Uh, obviously, the guy just flips the switch in the postseason. Edison Volquez for the Miami Marlins. Come on, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is my guy in the NL. I know it's a safe bet, but, I mean, safe bets are safe bets for a reason. It's because they're usually the guys that come through. And uh, Dave Dombrowski acquired Chris Sale and gave up one of his top prospects for a reason. Two. Um, yeah, two. But I'm saying, like, a guy that played here – in Fenway Park, had 18. Yeah, I, I think I, Yohan Mankata I buy. I don't know if Kopech yet could be considered a top prospect. When you throw 102 miles an hour, you're a top prospect. Well, you could put top in quotation marks. Yohan Mankata was the big name. Well, yeah, because yeah. Henry Owens was a top, top prospect. prospect. Exactly. Top, yeah. um, Red Sox PR. Yeah, going back <laughs> to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think machine. I think Chris Sale is going to deserve this award more than anything because the Red Sox are going to need him. Uh, immensely, he's like the catalyst of this team moving yep. forward. It, they got this guy as their bonafide ace, their horse moving forward for a reason. Not only because it's a friendly contract, but the production that he gives every time he goes out into the mound. And if, like you said, the White Sox were a stinky team, this guy's going to actually get recognized now because he's going to be on a winning team. Okay, John Farrell's going to manage his numbers right. The bullpen's going to, you know, somehow. They're not going to make them wear uniforms that are uncomfortable. Right, and ugly. Yeah. Yep. And it's a bigger market. Maybe. I mean, Chicago's we'll a big see. market. But <laughs> no, they'll afford Chicago's a big market, like but that. the Chicago White Sox are not a big market big team. Big market right. team, exactly. And there's a difference. Um, for NL, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I, I think Noah has the ability to not the dark literally take over. I knew over. someone would pick Thor. I knew someone would go with Noah <laughs> literally, Syndergaard. Literally take over the Mets. I, I think the Mets are going to have a great year. Um, and I think um, Madison Bumgarner is a close second. But the reason why Noah is is, is because his he flow. showed. No, not his flow. Oh, but, okay. 
I mean, he I has. Mean, that's sh- part of it. Yeah, that <laughs> I mean, is part the, of the it. The hair in that rotation. Yeah, is Jacob amazing. Degrom. It gives oh. that ball a little more torque, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I would say uh, Noah Syndergaard for sure has the great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison Bumgarner, he's gonna have a, a bounce back season for sure, though. I think. All right, so I'm going Chris Sale. We already talked about him in, in nauseum. Um, <laughs> so we all, we all we are taking Chris Sale Chris as our Sale, ALCI Award winner. Well, well, we want to hear your reasoning. No, I'm just kidding. It's filthy. I know. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything to say about it? Like, the guy's a beast. NL. Zach Greinke, because the Arizona Diamondbacks are I like it, so he's going to bounce back from yeah. sort of an up-and-down first right. season And he's Arizona. won it before. He has a chance. He's know? back in a small market, which exactly. he likes. He's exactly. got the anxiety issues. Yeah. So he's banking on Zach Greinke for Tori Lovello to win. Ah, and I I, don't wait, wait for my oh, NL MVP, too. Oh, Goldschmidt. It's coming yeah. together. Oh, Goldschmidt. Time to back galore. Why even wait? Let's get let's get to it. That's my Kansas City Royals this year, the Arizona D-Bags. your NL MVP? on the Diamondbacks? Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. Really? Paul yeah. Goldschmidt. He had a down year last that's year. That's who you're going with for NL MVP. Yeah. Uh, that's, I like Paul Goldschmidt. I like that you pick. You love so, the Diamondbacks. So now that we're going with AL <laughs> year, NL yeah. MVP. All right. In the AL, I have Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, there's really not much to say here. 42 home runs for this guy last year. 127 RBI. And he got off to a slow start in April he of did. last year. So this dude's a beast. He's going to be in a lineup that's going to be very good offensively. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to drive in runs. Edwin Encarnacion is my AL MVP pick this year. And in the NL, I'm going with Nolan Arnato. I love this guy. Back-to-back seasons, 40-plus home runs and 130 RBI. Back-to-back seasons. He is my favorite player on the Red Sox. I love this guy. I would love to have this guy. I I would love to have Nolan Arnato. He's my Troy Tulowitzki right now. Love him. Okay, this dude's a stud. (laughs) How he has not yet won an MVP is beyond me. I guess Bryce Harper had an incredible year. You got a mare coach on him, huh? Chris, I, I love this dude. Yeah, you and Chris Bryant won it last year. <laughs> Nolan Arenado is my NL MVP. Uh, he's, uh, he must his, be on all of your thirty fantasy <laughs> baseball teams. He is. I knew it. <laughs> Dave, what you got? Uh, I got Mookie this year, guys. Wow. I know. And, and I can see it. You guys, like it. you guys know. Uh, uh, in terms of talk show radio hosts, I'm not generally one to. Uh, you're tout not. You're not a homer. Players. You're yes. not a homer. I really think Mookie's got it in him. To repeat what he did last year, and if he does, he'll have I'd even find more. It, I'd find it very difficult to think that uh, the voters wouldn't vote him uh, as AL MVP because David Ortiz is no longer in this lineup. So I think Ortiz being on the team last year may have taken some votes away from Mookie Betts. I agree. If he repeats his production from last year, if he does that, he'll have more RBI because he's now hitting another three. Exactly. So if he exceeds it, great. I think if he just repeats his production, I think he'll have a 30, 30, 100 year. I, I think so too, considering I think he can repeat his production. He will not be <laughs> yeah. MVP though. Yeah, but I think he will be MVP. If he does I mean, that. Trout's obviously that. Donaldson, you can make Trout's the argument. Trout's mine. Um, Trout is just unbelievable. He's always going to be in the discussion. If for he sure. has a 30 30 100 year, would he be the first Red Sox player since Ellsbury? To do that in yeah. 2011. Yeah. And he st- won't win the MVP, just like Ellsbury did. Yeah. Well, the Red Sox also <laughs> had a disaster of an ending of a season that year. Yes. Uh, but in, in the NL, I got Bryce Harper, by the way. I, I'm Bryce. looking for a bounce back year out of him. He's one of the best players in the game. Uh, I don't expect him to have a down year again yeah. like last year. Guys, I got uh, Carlos Correa for the Astros. I think I, the Astros are in for a, a you know, better year this year. Um, I think he he brings it in so many ways, not only with his glove, but you know with his bat and his speed. So I think he gets it done. Um, NL, I, I uh, coincide with Dave here. I'm going Bryce Harper as well. He's due for a bounce back. He's never seen that type of season he's last year. He's been horrible in three or four seasons. I know, but I, I think he's due. He's due. He, he's he has he's the talent. He's still really young. He's he, like 24, 25. So yeah. He's still. But it's kind of scary when you take into account his age. Still. I'm just a saying tool. he he has the makeup <laughs> to be an MVP. Right. He just really hasn't well, he, shown it. Being a tool doesn't mean you're a bad baseball player. I mean, he can it, be a d bag and stuff. I know, but he he's he's been a tool on and off the field. Who cares? Puts up the numbers. You don't <laughs> have to like him. Does he? I mean, last year he didn't. Year before that he didn't. A close second. No one. No, no. He was Aaron nice Otto. to me that time that I interviewed him. Okay. Aaron Otto's like right I thought, there. I thought he wasn't. No, he. I mean, like he ignored me, so he wasn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's one stupid question he answered in like two words. So he was mean. <laughs> Mike Trout. Mike Trout won it this past year, and that was on a bad Angels team. And I, so I think he'll he'll win it this year and be on a good Angels. Do you guys see a trend here? <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he just loves the Angels. No, no, I'm saying the like manager of the year, Mike Shosha, right? Yeah, he's he's yeah, got he's, all he's, the he's same going team. all yeah. He's That's going typically all, which what means, happens. Which means 
My NL, I know, I know it's close. I know you're uh, it's close with matchup at this point. Do I not? No. Angels and Diamondbacks. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, like, not with the Diamondbacks. You're on Tori Lovolo. How is it Paul not? Goldschmidt. It's <laughs> all linked. You've got it's the manager <laughs> of the year, the Cy Young, and the MVP all on the same teams in both leagues. How are yeah. they not World Series contenders? I don't. No, not no. Cy Young, he went Chris Hill, but otherwise, all right. But otherwise, yeah, you've got the manager of the year and the AL MVP for the for national both league. leagues for the National League, yeah. Because yeah. the National but League, but then Cy Young, he has Zach Greinke, yeah, and right. he has manager of the year with Tori right. Lavelle. Oh, the, that's the right, that's right. Okay, Diamondbacks, he, he went clean, so you Diamondbacks, went, so you went clean sweep with the D backs. Yeah, D backs, okay. wow. clean sweep. Right. What okay. a D back. So Arenado, yeah, your D back is a real close second. Arenado, if he doesn't have fifty home runs this year. And maybe Giancarlo Stanton might put his name in there. Just Ooh, saying. Just, he loves Giancarlo. 65 home runs this year. Guys. All right, guys, let's Dan end it on Dan's this. Dansby Swanson's going to light it up with the Braves. <laughs> he won't have home runs. He'll just steal a lot of bases. Too. All right, guys, final pick here. World Series matchup. I'm going with the Cubs and the Red Sox. The Cubs have one of the most exciting teams in the game. After last year, that was just unbelievable. I fully expect them to be back in the World Series. And the Red Sox themselves have an electrifying core with their young guys. You know, the Killer Bees have made solid – they've also made solid additions to their pitching staff to complement their offense with the Killer Bees. So I think it's a safe bet that we will see this matchup in October. Cubs and Red Sox in the World Series. And Sox and seven. Wow. So we're calling who wins the World Series. I just threw that in there. That was not a requirement. <laughs> no, not a requirement. You don't have to. Uh, no, you don't have me, to. Do not feel peer pressure. We <laughs> might take away uh, one of Dave's five questions. I have. No, no, no. <laughs> don't worry about that. I'm, I'm not talking World Series winners in April. Don't right, worry cool, about that. Cool, cool. Uh, but what about it snowing? It seems like kind of a thing to do. <laughs> right. It feels like baseball season. Uh, for me, uh, rematch, guys, of last year's World Series. Oh. Cleveland's going back. The Cubs are going back. And Cleveland wins because, it Because, uh, as I said, it's going to come down to Terry Francona and John Farrell in the regular season voting for the AL Manager of the Year, which basically just means they've got the best two teams in the AL. And when it comes to the postseason, managing wins. So if you have John Farrell going up against Terry Francona yet again, whether it's a five-game or a seven-game series, I have no confidence in John Farrell and the Red Sox and to push past, and this past Terry Francona and Cleveland. This past season, Terry Francona did it with, like, two pitchers. With nothing. <laughs> with nothing. If they have their they entire rotation fully healthy. They, Salazar was hurt. Yeah. They're, they're a better team than yeah. you if they're fully healthy. And who Maybe that? not a better offensive lineup, but they've got a better pitching rotation, I think. Yeah. Or at least right on par. And who's the All idiot? Right? And we can't say anything about David Price entering the rotation late because Bauer. he's 0-8 in the postseason. Bauer. Yeah, Bauer. Bauer's the with idiot the that cut his finger on the drone. Yeah. Right. Right. Interesting. So you're going with a World Series rematch. Yeah, as long as they happening. keep him away from Sounds drones, good. yes. Mark. John Farrell got outmanaged that by well, far. Well, I, no, it's because David Price, Rick Barcillo, crapped the bed. And he yeah. got outmanaged. It's true. I mean, I think he did get outmanaged, but that's my opinion. Francona maybe started outmanaging teams after he swept the Red Sox. Right. In the left corner, we got the Houston Astros. Okay. And Ooh, in the right, we got the San Francisco Giants. Ooh, a lot of pitching in that series. So that's why I'm going with the Astros. To win the World Series, wow! Um, I I just think they're they are do they have a complete team? They do, really do. I, I feel like needs to bounce back. They, they do. I'm worried they about their to. outfield. But yeah. Bregman's pretty good. I like Beltron's Bregman. old as hell too. Right, uh, and I'm worried about Springer. Yeah, but Beltron has a bat. That's swing man. That's a beauty. Why don't they just DH him at this point? Why they, is he playing the, right field? Well, that's because uh, that's because they have Brian McCann and Evan Gaddis. Oh, that's right. McCann is now. Yeah, uh, but Ashish, this will just support. then he'll have a pretty. Powerful lineup. This just supports your argument with AL Manager of the Year. Yeah, yeah, so. I have AJ Hinch. <laughs> He's a great, great Makes manager. Sense. Yeah, good pick. Thanks. I like it, Mark. Appreciate so it. I'm going D-backs. <laughs> oh wow. my God, Brian! D-backs. Wow. I'm, I'm saying they're gonna. You, you, you're gonna joking around. Red Sox. Okay. D-backs, wow. Red Sox. Interesting. Lavello. Lavello. Wow. Oh, I like that storyline. Lavello. Goldschmidt. Grand. Wow. So you have the Diamondbacks making the World Series since for the first time since 2001. Yep. Wow. Come back oh, to me in August yeah. when they're on the bottom when, of when, the total. When puzzle. they're up by 10 games in the division? No, okay. they're in the dumpster. Well, just wait. Shelby Miller's going to have a bounce back here. Shelby Miller. God. Okay. Well, I guess that wraps up our picks. Kind yep. of an underwhelming end to that with Brian's stupid. I, I don't see it, Brian. Diamondbacks I, I could see it. I could see it. I, they're they're, they're an outlier, but I could see it. I don't know. I don't think Lavoe's going to make they're the playoffs in his first division, year. Too, yeah, the NL West sure, is tough. But you're going to run at the right time, right? The NL West is tough. Brian's nodding. 
He agrees. Of course he's nodding. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we'll get into the <laughs> Bruins as they try to make a push for the playoffs here in the final regular season games that they have. We'll get into that next on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. You know what scares most people? Spiders, heights, public speaking. You know what scares me? Unused inventory. I find the prospect terrifying. Got goosebumps just thinking about it. That's why we use Granger. Granger's inventory management solutions make sure our facility has exactly what we need when we need it. No overstock, no understock, no goosebumps. When it comes to inventory management, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Hi, I'm John Sakata. Did you know that chronic hepatitis C affects approximately 1 million Hispanic Americans? I'm visiting my father today, who's part of that statistic. And while not every story is the same, I'd like to tell you his. Such a proud man, old-fashioned, the provider hard-working man. Stay strong, be silent. But this disease is just as silent. He lived with it for at least 20 years and never mentioned how sick he was getting. Never talked over any of the options with his doctor. If I'd have known more about chronic hepatitis C, I could have encouraged him to take action sooner. Then maybe I'd be visiting him at home instead of here at the cemetery. If you still think there's strength in silence, think again. Please talk to your doctor about your options and learn more at tuneintohepc.com. In the next 60 seconds, 156 people will be added to Earth's population. Many will face a life of poverty, hunger, and poor health. At some point, planet Earth may no longer be able to sustain our world's population. But overpopulation is not just a numbers game. It's also about a better quality of life, which includes access to basic health care, food, clean water, and a sustainable balance between people and our natural resources. If you think overpopulation is such a big problem that you can't make a difference, think again. Population Connection is the national grassroots organization that believes through education and information, individuals can make a difference. Take the time to make an investment in a better, safer, less crowded world. Even small choices can make an impact. To learn more, visit populationconnection.org. That's PopulationConnection.org. A public service message from Population Connection. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Celtics remain in sole possession of first place in the Eastern Conference following a 117-116 win over the Orlando Magic last night at TD Garden. Isaiah Thomas with the game-high 35 points in the win. Jay Crowder chipping in with 18. The win proved to be a big one as Cleveland topped the lowly 76ers 122-105 last night. So for now, the Seas have a half-game lead over the Cavs. The Bruins will look to keep things rolling after dropping four games in a row. The Bees have won three straight, including a 2-0 win over Dallas on Thursday night. They begin today in the second wildcard position, one point ahead of Tampa Bay. Just one point behind Toronto for the third spot in the Atlantic. They'll be at TD Garden today in a matinee matchup with the Florida Panthers. Puck drops at 1 o'clock. The Red Sox, they're in Annapolis, Maryland today for their final preseason tune-up. Weather permitting, they'll take on the Washington Nationals at 2 o'clock. And the NCAA basketball tournament moves to University of Phoenix Stadium today for the final four tonight. It'll be number one Gonzaga taking on number seven South Carolina at six o'clock, followed by number one North Carolina up against number three Oregon. Tip-off is at eight. With your Sports Center update, I'm Dave Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. Been very baseball heavy to start the show for obvious reasons. 
MLB season 2017 kicks off tomorrow, and then the Red Sox open their season on Monday at Fenway against the Pirates. But we got teams with bigger fish to we, fry. Yeah, we got to talk yeah. about the Bruins as they wind down their season and continue their push for the playoffs. Dave, you uh, have a lot of takes backed up from the month that you've been off from the I show. I know. It's been a <laughs> this while. Is, this it's is your chance to just unleash take <laughs> overload. Honestly. Take I, dump I, right I here. I needed a take <laughs> laxative today just to get rid of all the takes that have been building up. Uh Look, the Here Bruins, comes his dump of the day. I, I was freaking out this time last Saturday. Was yeah. anyone else oh. in full-on freak-out mode over the Bruins? Yeah. Well, I mean, Pissing me off. I, they had just lost yeah. four straight. Mm-hmm. Right. We just watched them lose a terrible game and to Tampa Bay in which they took three leads. Three leads. And, and within, within a minute <laughs> of each lead they took. They, they gave up a goal to let Tampa tie it, and then they gave up three unanswered in the third period to lose 6-3. to three. Tuca was terrible in the game against Tampa Bay. He wasn't that great in the game before that against the Ottawa Senators either. And Cassidy let the media know too. And right. Cassidy came out, called out his starting goaltender, didn't like throw him under the bus entirely, just said he's got to be better, which he did have to be better. Now, there was a, a huge controversy last Saturday going into the game against the Islanders in which Bruce Cassidy decides we're going to roll with Hudobin. And he sort of mentions in that press conference, well, you know, the guys I think get a little bit of a boost when you put Hudobin out there. He's a battler. So he kind of called out Tuka Rass there for maybe not fighting uh, as hard as he should have in order to stop some of the shots that they needed him to stop. So when you take a, when you take a one-goal lead... You hope that your $7 million goalie can make a save, a big save at the right moment to, to not just squash every bit of momentum that they gained by taking three separate leads in that game against Tampa. I think Cassidy pushed all the right buttons here. I honestly do. He yeah. made a great move. It would have been so easy, and I think it would have been uh, sort of Claude Julian-esque to just roll Tuka out there against the Islanders. He's your best option in net. But what it sort of does, when you go to Hudobin, not only are you sending a message to Tuca, you're sending a message to the rest of your team. Hey, you know who's in that tonight. Yeah. That's Doby. That ain't Tuca Raskin there. So you better clamp down and play some defense tonight. You better get your structure back on defense. Because they were losing that defensive structure. Where it, and it hasn't been good all year. It's not like their defense is overwhelming or anything like that to any opponent. Right. But they had somewhat of a defensive structure. Bruce Cassidy comes in. The offense starts going off in that first 12-game stretch they had under Cassidy. It looked like d- uh, the best defense was a good offense. Then, it, then the goals sort of went away, and you needed that defensive structure back. And there were too many breakdowns, too many stupid penalties by this team. And you push the right button by putting Hudobin in net because you're telling your team and you're getting your team back in a groove where they have to play with the defensive structure. And in the last three, in the last two games, since that Islanders game where they've won back to back, they they've looked a hell of a lot better on defense. And Tuukka Rask the last two games has looked a hell of a lot better than what he did. Uh, last Thursday against Tampa Bay when he gave up six goals. I, I think what makes a good like coach or manager and a tactic that goes underrated is to push the players in an uncomfortable position where they get out of the comfort zone and say, you're actually not the starting goalie for us or you're not the starting player for us. Like I hate to refer to it as a football analogy with my team, but Adam Gase, he put Byron Maxwell on the bench. Byron Maxwell is the starting cornerback, keep in mind, Highly touted guy, okay? He puts him on the bench and says, put, puts him in his place and says, I'm going to start a rookie over you. And that's exactly what Coach Cassidy did to Tuka Rask right. with Hugh Dobin. Wake up is call. This, is this the right time to be sending yes, wake is. up calls? It, yes, it, it is. It was uh, against the Islanders. And look, yeah. at that moment, yes, it's probably your biggest game of the year. They were tied with you in the standings with a game in hand. You needed that win against the Islanders. And he pushed the right buttons not and not just because uh, you needed a victory there, but you needed the team to collect themselves Wake down the call. stretch here. Yeah. You, you know the Islanders' biggest game of the year so far, but obviously after the Islanders, your next game is going to be the biggest game of the year. That's the point that the Bruins are at right now, where every point in every game matters. You now have two games this weekend where you're going to see Tukaras start today against the Panthers. You're going to try and bank those two points because Florida sucks. Yep. You've got Chicago tomorrow, a game Hudobin's going to start. And you got to hope that throwing Udobin to the Wolves doesn't cost you two points. But at least I think the strategy is okay because you're, go- you're going with your goal, your best option in net, Tuka Rask, today against a lesser team in the Panthers. So you want to bank those two points. 
you lose tomorrow against Chicago, fine. You've got Tampa Bay, who's one point behind you in the standings with a game in hand on Tuesday. So you currently control your own destiny here if you can win that game. But in the same breath, Tampa Bay does too. Because if Tampa wins that game Tuesday and they went out, they're in and not you. Dave, I want to bring up a stat because I found it pretty astounding. Um, so Tuca's um, shots um, last year on net was uh, 1,854 shots last season, okay? 2011, the year before that. This season, it's 1,500 and counting. There's five games left. You do the math, he'll probably reach 1,600, 700 shots on net. There's no excuses for Tuka Rask not to have a higher save percentage. No, his save percentage it, is, a, is a record low for him, a career low. Yeah, because the defense is actually blocking significant shots. So you got to play on all floors here. I mean, you got to be Superman at some point and lead this team into the playoffs the right way. Right. Uh, and, and it sort of leads me to what I've been wanting to say for the past four months about Tuka Rask. And I'll pose this to you guys real he quick. He should be because, traded. Overrated. No, no, no. I, I, want, I want to get into sort of goaltending mentality because a lot of people keep talking about, oh, well, Tuka doesn't make the save when it matters most. He, Tuka's not clutch. In, blah, Mar- blah, blah. in March, he decides to take a little break. Uh, right. So, uh, so I'm going to try really quick to explain to you goaltending mentality and how there's two types. And, and before I even get into it, I want to say that one type isn't necessarily better than the other. You know, it just depends on the goalie, and I'll tell you why Tuka is unique and why I think people are starting to see and get frustrated with some of the stuff that has frustrated me for years with this goalie. All right, so if you want to break it down to two types of goaltending in the NHL, there's type A, type B. If Tuka's type B, I would call it a positional technical goalie, but the mentality is a different thing than the style. The, st- the mentality of type B goaltenders is they're going to play within the confines of a defensive structure and they're going to use their positioning in order to let the puck hit them as opposed to making saves. Stationary. Now, type A, uh, who I like to use as an example, is Henrik Lundqvist for type A goaltending. You take risks. Is is not so much that you take risks, but Tim Thomas, a type A as well. They're they're not puck stoppers. They're save makers. They rely more so on their reflexes and and reading the play in front of them as opposed to expecting the play to go in a certain direction and getting in position to let the puck hit them. And they either grab the puck or put the puck out of the way. Right. Uh, Well, and, and generally... Uh, type A would be better at controlling the puck, the puck behind their net. Right. Now, I, I just want to sort of get into type A versus type B, what the style, what translates when you're talking about that mentality and how it goes into the style of play. Now, type B, because they're trying to get in position, tell me if this sounds familiar to you, if you've seen a goalie struggle with shots through screens. Yep. Okay? Now, type B is going to try and get in position. They're going to try and find the shooting angle, and they're going to try and be in position, but they're not going to get out of position in order to find the puck through the bodies. Right. They're not going to, to move around. They're not going to get down low in order to find the puck so that they have to make a reflex save when the player shoots it. Right. All right? They're trying to get into position right. in, so order to, blocked in order and they to can't allow the puck to just hit them. Get you'll in see, their zone. You'll yep. see Tuca get scored on on screens, all day long, yep. where it looks like he didn't see the puck go by him. It's because he didn't. It's because he was trying to hit the position in his crease where he thought he was on the right angle. He gets as big as possible, and hopefully the puck hits him. On a deflection or whether or not it gets through, he's hoping the puck hits him. Whereas Type A is going to battle through a screen. He's going to fight to look through screens. And he's going to use his reflexes to make saves. Right. All right, and the other thing about the Type B mentality, and you hear it with Tuca during postgame, he blames his teammates. He blames defensive breakdowns all the time. Type A has more of a propensity to just say, mm-hmm. next save mentality. Yep. I'm a goalie. No matter what, my job is to make saves. Yep. I stop the next puck. No matter what happens in front of me, if my defense breaks down, if there's a breakaway, no matter what's going on, if there's just broken plays, my job is to, no matter what, stop the puck from going in the net. That's type A mentality. Correct. Tuca is type B. Mm-hmm. And it does work. You can get more consistency out of type B sometimes. But type A is the kind of goal you want to go on wins. a run with, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Because that wins the Stanley Cup. Because when yeah. they're locked in, they're... Their reflexes are on fire. Yep. All right, they're reading the play is through the roof, and they'll stop any shot. And that's they and they will them. do anything, desperation saves to stop pucks from going in the net. 
So if you've seen sort of, you know, Tuka lets in these goals every once in a while just from being off his line. Cupcake like the Druan goal against Tampa. They're tied 3-3 three to three in the third. Druan's coming down the left wing boards, takes a slap shot from the top of the circle, yep. and it goes right under Tuka's arm. Why? Ridiculous. Because it's, he wasn't in the right spot. It's because he thought he was on his line and he wasn't. He was off by maybe an inch or two, and Druan found the spot and tucked it inside the post. Oh. On a routine shot, Tuka barely... Reacted because he's thinking, I'm either going to swallow this up, or if it's to my left, it's wide. And that's type B mentality. I don't have to stop the puck. The puck's going to hit me. Mm-hmm. Type, type A, I prefer. I'm not saying one's yeah. better than the other, but I prefer a type A type goalie. Agreed. Because the reason why type A is it's a, a freelancer, kind of. Like where you see like, the puck and you got to grab it. Rogue mentality. Whereas type he's, B, he's you're focused stationary. focused on the puck. Exactly. Type A is focused on the puck, whereas Type B might be focused on the play. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add what makes Tuka unique. The fact that he hasn't played in big games these past couple of years. And if you if you question his mentality, think of how he started his career as so, a Bruin. He went it, it, Now, Tim Thomas played in the postseason the year before Tuka really got his, his start here. And he went to uh, a 3-0 lead in the second round against the Flyers. Flyers yeah. And they blew the series. Mm-hmm. Four, no- four, four games in a row. Tuka Rask began his NHL career by choking away a 3-0 lead Tim Thomas in a playoff series. That. It's not all on the goalie. It never is. It's easy to blame the goalie. But when you, when you blow that big a lead, you've got to look at the goalie and say, where were you to make that one big save that you really had to make to come through in the biggest of moments for your team? And we've seen it. Uh, again, he had a great playoff run. The year they go to the Stanley Cup against the Blackhawks, but he gives up two goals in one minute mm-hmm. to lose that series. And we've seen it now. Tuka uh, 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 copped out of the Finland game yeah. in, the, in the Olympics. And we saw the past two seasons now, him choke down the stretch. He is he, what he is. And he, is a, he has been Who, a momentum the, killer. Is he going to be starting in that today? He is. So, so uh, Hudobin gets the Blackhawks tomorrow. Yes. Who, do, who gets the game against the Senators? Because the Senators have been the Achilles heel. Well, Tampa's heel. next. Well, no, I know. I'm skipping over Tampa because I think the Ottawa game is I the think key Tuka's game. Because good. they're going to lose to Washington. Tuka will, will finish it out. If oh, uh, if it, if it's necessary, right now, depending on it's, what other teams do, right, maybe it's not necessary it's that Tuka starts against Ottawa. Washington. Has been the team that absolutely been Look, the Achilles heel for this Bruins team the last this few will, years. This will be it. If every game matters, you've got Tuka today against Florida. You've got Hudobin tomorrow against the Capitals. You've got Tuka on Tuesday against, against Tampa Lions. Bay. Mm-hmm. You've got Tuca going Thursday, I believe, against uh, Ottawa. And then Capitals. On Saturday, correct? Yeah. Yes. And then you've got the Capitals to round it out Saturday. If that game matters, if you need the points to get into the playoffs, yes, Tuca's starting. Mm-hmm. So Dobin's last game is going to be tomorrow against Chicago. Unless unless they have it wrapped up and they're in the postseason yeah. by the time they play the Capitals, in which case, go ahead, throw Udobin in. It doesn't matter. Unless you really care about the matchup. You know, you might want to get third place in your division so you can avoid playing the Capitals in the first round of the right. playoffs. Don't forget, Tampa Bay is right behind the Bruins in the wild card race. They are right there. So that game Tuesday, mark it down. That is the biggest game of the year, uh, despite what happens in these next two games this weekend. And I, I th- I Tampa think, on Tuesday. I think your beating Ottawa would be a big, big win. Oh, it'd be huge, a- absolutely. But and y- and you need some help from other teams. You right. need Toronto to lose a couple <laughs> games. You need Tampa to lose. Carolina is on fire right now, and you need them uh, to lose a couple games here as well because they are creeping up those standings as well. They're two points behind you now. The Islanders are two points behind you. So if you're the Bruins, it's still in your control. But you've got to win out. If you want to, if you want in, you have to win out. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to need some help from other teams. Six zero three eight eight three nine nine zero zero. Quick break here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. Twelve fifty ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. You know what scares most people? Spiders, heights, public speaking. You know what scares me? Unused inventory. I find the prospect terrifying. Got goosebumps just thinking about it. That's why we use Granger. Granger's inventory management solutions make sure our facility has exactly what we need when we need it. No overstock, no understock, no goosebumps. When it comes to inventory management, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Of course I want our kids to eat fresh, healthy foods all the time. But we don't have a supermarket nearby, so it's a challenge. I wish we were closer to good health care because of our son's asthma. Frankly, it's scary at times. I'd love for our family to live in a nice house near a great school, but... But none of these resources exist in our neighborhood. Many variables can shape the outcome of children's lives, like the zip code where they grow up. That's because not all communities have the same opportunities, such as quality schools and housing, fresh food, and good health care. There are many ways to improve communities, so everyone has a fair chance, regardless of zip code. You can make a difference. Join with HUD and local leaders to improve your community. Learn how at hud.gov slash fair housing. That's hud.gov slash fair housing. Fair housing, shared opportunity in every community. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. This may sound like a typical high school basketball game being played on a Friday night in New Hampshire. In fact, it's a crash course in cooperation and teamwork. It's a test of dedication, determination, and drive. It's character development in action. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think about this. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students who participate in school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. At the same time, playing sports helps teach lessons not covered in the classroom. Lessons like tolerance, respect for the rules, and the importance of supporting your community. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association and the New Hampshire Athletic Directors Association. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Celtics, they remain in sole possession of first place in the Eastern Conference following a 117-116 win over the Orlando Magic last night at TD Garden. Isaiah Thomas with a game-high 35 points in the win. Jay Crowder chipping in with 18. The win proved to be a big one as Cleveland topped the lowly 76ers, 122-105. So for now, the Seas have a half-game lead over the Cavs. The Bruins will look to keep things rolling after dropping four games in a row. The Bees have won three straight, including a 2-0 win over Dallas on Thursday night. They begin today in the second wildcard position, one point ahead of Tampa Bay, just one point behind Toronto for third in the Atlantic. They'll be at TD Garden today in a matinee matchup with the Florida Panthers. Puck will drop in about 15 minutes from TD Garden. And the Red Sox, they're in Annapolis, Maryland today for their final preseason tune-up. Weather permitting, they'll take on the Washington Nationals at 2 o'clock. And the NCAA basketball tournament moves to University of Phoenix Stadium today for the final four tonight. It'll be number one Gonzaga taking on number seven South Carolina at 6 o'clock, followed by number one North Carolina up against number three Oregon. Tip-off is at 8. With your Sports Center update, I'm Dave Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Ashish Sharma, Brian Roach, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazell. Oh, you suck! You suck! <laughs> the Sports Blast. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right, as we uh, wrap up our number two here, Dave's got some final Bruins thoughts uh, mm. before we head out for our break. Short and sweet Bruins thoughts. Short and yeah. sweet. Uh, they're in a good you position. went on a little bit of a rant there at the end. I don't know if you wanted to continue that. No, nah, not really. I mean, I, I just got sick and tired of hearing people on talk radio try and figure out what was going on with Tuca when I, when I see <laughs> – when I see what's happening with them and I sort of understand the mentality of what's going on, like I used to play goalie, I hate even mentioning that because <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, oh you played goalie uh, through high school. Oh, oh, so you can talk about being it. Yes, I can actually. You're the prototype. I can actually talk about it because I kind of understand hockey, all right? I, and I understand what it is to be a goalie 
And so I kind of get the two types of mentality when I'm watching a goalie play. I break it into two types. There's that type A. He's going to he's gonna make saves with his reflexes and his Free reading lancer. of the play. Yep. Right. He's going to make Tim Thomas-like desperation saves when it matters most. He's not going to care about breakdowns in front of him because his job is just to stop the next puck that gets shot his way. So, so I know we're talking Bruins, but yeah. uh, there's a little breaking news for the Red Sox. Oh, give it to us. Sel- Selsky is now the Who? 25th man because he plays first base. So Marco Hernandez got optioned. Yes. Steve Selsky. Steve Selsky. Yes. So he is the so he's gonna be on the, the opening day roster. Yeah, yeah. Probably gonna but be starting at first for Mitch Moreland if he can't go. If he can't go, it's uh, apparently it's gonna be wow. fairly fluid the twenty fifth man spot wow. at the be beginning of the season. That is just riveting news That's on he, April. Breaking. 1st. He was hitting <laughs> he was hitting three fifty six in the spring. Ooh, so so Steve so. Selsky, this guy that we don't really know that much about, he is probably some nice bombs so he's so is he so he's gonna be training. the other first baseman on the roster. Earlier we were saying it was just Hanley and Mitch yeah. Moreland. What's the source? Uh, this was posted twelve forty two p.m. Uh, by uh, Evan Drellick of CSNNE. Wow. April, April, uh, happy April Fool's Day. There's, there's no way. Yeah, seriously. What if it's an April Fool's joke? <laughs> I don't think it is. No, I don't think beat writers are allowed Steve to do that. Steve Buckley <laughs> is also uh, tweeted it out okay, about so it's legit. Okay, yeah, so okay. It's legit. No one cares. <laughs> Back honestly. to the Bruins. Back to the Bruins. Uh, <laughs> because the Bruins are in a playoff run. Uh, so are the Celtics, which we're going to get to. We're going to get off the Red Sox for a little bit because it is April 1st. Like, who cares? It's the beginning of the season. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Bruins are in a good position now. They dug themselves a hole by losing four straight games. It was ugly. It was really bad. They H- lost teams. They lost to teams they really couldn't afford to lose to as well. Mm-hmm. In uh, Toronto, Ottawa, and Tampa Bay, yep. could have been really bad if they lost to the Islanders. But uh, th- thankfully, they salvaged that game. Now Hudobin did play okay. He played okay, but he just makes you nervous, you know, because he's you see him. He's he's off his position half the time. He's out of the net when he uh, makes saves. You know, there is the the type B problem. Is that they have this propensity to sort of type A problems are they have this propensity to sort of end up way out of the net when they make desperation saves. The best type A's kind of stay in the net. They don't care so in much about cutting down the angle yeah. by coming out so far. Yeah. Uh, like Lundqvist, you'll notice, really stays in his crease yeah. because he's going to rely on his reflexes. He doesn't need to cut down the angle so much, but he stays in his crease because as as you've seen with some other type A's like a Hudoman, like a Tim Thomas even, when they make desperation saves, they can wind up in no man's land with a wide open net left for whoever might get the puck on a rebound. And Dave, I went to the game against the Nashville Predators, and that was a tremendous game, but you're on the edge of your seat because you don't right. know when the Bruins are going to give up that lead because right. you kind of see it coming before well, it even happens. Their style right now is really to take a lot of risks. Yeah. Uh, on uh, And that goes down to the defenseman, and that's a Bruce Cassidy staple really is he wants his defense to pinch along the boards in the offensive zone to uh, keep pressure Live when you're die. in the offensive yep. zone and, and you see a lot of uh, defensemen breaking the puck out almost creating a four-man rush when you're coming up the ice but the problem with that is it leaves you li- uh, you know kind of weak on defense if there's a turnover and it goes the other way which we've seen this team do a little too often over the past two weeks so they're looking better right now they've won three straight games against opponents that they really bet should beat um, and now they're coming up against a Florida team that they should beat today. They're not a good team. And Bru- Florida Panthers team. Bruins are giving up three goals. They're scoring three goals. They need to find out a medium there. And, and, and I, I appreciate what they've done the last few games to keep opponents off the board. They're making a, an actual effort to play some defense here. So let's hope that continues today against Florida. All right, wrapping up hour number two. When we come back, we'll talk about the Celtics as they also are winding down their season. We'll also have five questions at uh, 120. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. You know what scares most people? Spiders.